1 Samuel chapter 25, verse number 32. All right. Verse number 32, the Bible says this. It says, and David said to Abigail, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me. And I want you to pay attention on verse number 33. David says this, and he says, and blessed be thy advice. I want to take a, a quick look at this chapter, and I want to look at Abigail's advice to David and make some application. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll look at this passage here this evening. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, for your amazing love, Lord, your amazing grace to us. Thank you, Lord, for our opportunity to be in your house here this evening. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, we ask in the next few minutes that you would help us, Lord, to focus, Lord, on what you have for us here this evening, that you would speak to us. And Lord, encourage us where we need to be encouraged, challenge us where we need to be challenged. Lord, help us to live lives that are pleasing to you. Lord, teach us from this simple story here this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, First Samuel chapter 25. Church family, I'm not going to read the whole uh, chapter tonight, but really um, the story is, is, is the whole chapter. I'm going to try to save a little bit of time, and I'm going to read certain verses and kind of walk through it. It's a familiar story, and... Um, and I want to just uh, walk through this and, and really look at this, the, the latter portion of the chapter tonight uh, for the thought. But if you, if, you, if you have your Bible there, look in chapter number 25, verse number 2. I want to kind of identify the characters in the story here. The verse number 2, the Bible says, There was a man in Maon whose possessions were in Carmel, and the man was very great, and he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now verse number 3 tells us who it is. It says, Now the name of the man was Nabal. And the name of his wife, Abigail, and she was a woman uh, of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance, but the man was churlish and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. Verse number four is the third major character in the, in the story, and that says, and David heard in the wilderness that Nabal did shear his sheep. So uh, if you can kind of wrap your mind around the story tonight, I think it'll help you understand the thought. Uh, you've got the first ma major character is Nabal. Um, his name actually means, if you look at the, at the definition of his name, it actually uh, has the word stupid in it. Uh, but his, his name means fool or foolishness and um, obviously not a good man. The Bible says here that he was churlish and evil. And uh, churlish, it, it means cruel or, or um, uh, 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 hard or uh, mean. All, all of those uh, definitions would go in with that. So you can understand he's a, he's a man who has a lot of wealth. He's somebody who's a hard man. He's a, his name means fool. He's not a good guy. On the flip side of that, you have his, his wife, his Abigail. His wife, the Bible says, she was a, a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. Uh, we, we would probably say about her that she would be someone who we would say is wise. She has, she has good understanding. Uh, and then the third character in, this, in there is obviously in verse 4 is David. Uh, at this point in time in David's life, he's, he is uh, running from Saul. Uh, he has 600 men with him. Uh, and and I, I don't know if you remember these men coming to David, but the Bible talks about uh, these were men who were in distress, who were in debt, who, were, who had a lot of issues in life. These were the men that had, had come to David <clears throat> and basically uh, were, were around him and were with him as his soldiers as, or as his servants. All right, So those are the main three characters in the story. Now as the story unfolds, I'm not going to read every verse, but I want to kind of walk down through some of these. The Bible says in verse number, if you look at verse number five, and David sent out ten young men and David said unto the young men get you up to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him in my name uh, and uh, again without reading all of it um, just to kind of relay the story to you 
David and his men had been out there in the wilderness and they were with the servants of Nabal. Uh, and the Bible says that they were a wall uh, to the servants of Nabal. They didn't take anything that was Nabal's. They didn't hurt his servants. They were a wall. They were really a protection. They were a help to Nabal's men. Now, David, in his mind, uh, had, he had come to a point in time where he needed uh, some things for his guys. They needed food. Uh, they needed some sustenance. And in his mind, he's thinking, we've helped this guy out. Uh, we've been a, a protection to him and to his, to his servants and to his flocks and his herds. And uh, I'm just going to send some of my servants, and they're going to go, and we're going to ask Nabal, Nabal, would you, would you help us out? Would you, uh, the, the verse in the passage actually says, would you give us what comes to your hand? And David very, very particularly told his servants, when you go and you speak to Nabal, you're supposed to go in my name. So you go to Nabal and say, hey, our master David, he sent us. Uh, and uh, it's interesting, without reading all the verses, the servants, when they come to Nabal, uh, they, they said, hey, listen, uh, we, we, our, our, our master David's in need. Would you, would you give us some things to help us with? And they said, if you have any questions about us, just ask your servants. Your servants that were out there taking care of your flocks and your herds, and they'll tell you how we treated them and how we treated your flocks and herds. They'll basically <clears throat> be a testimony to us. Now, all of that takes place, and David answers Nabal's uh, men in verse number 10, and Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my shears and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be? So Nabal's response, again, imagine, remember, he's a, he's a hard man. He's a, he's a foolish man. He's an he's a evil man, the Bible says. He looks at David's servants and says, I don't even know who David is. Who's, who's David? Uh, you, you, you want me to give food and whatever comes to my hand. You want me to give that to him? I don't know him. There's, there's a lot of guys that they break away from their master. There's a lot of guys that run away from their master and they run on hard times. And who's to say David's not one of these guys? So he, again, sends them away, doesn't give them anything. Now these men come back to David, verse number 12, and they told David all of those sayings. The last line of verse number 12 says, verse 13 is David's response. And David said unto his men, Gird ye on every man his sword. So I, 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 I'm not trying to add anything to the scripture, but I'm, I, in my mind, I imagine David, his servants coming back and saying, yeah, Nabal said no. He's not helping you out at all. He says he doesn't know who you are. He's not doing anything for you. He didn't go talk to his servants and ask. He just said no. And I, I, I imagine from the way the scripture reads to me that David just said, all right, guys, go get your swords. We're going to take care of this problem. I don't imagine him spending a lot of words or, or spending time. He just said, hey, we'll fix this problem. Everybody, you guys, all you guys, go get your sword. So then David takes 400 of the 600 men and goes to Nabal. And you could say uh, very easily that he was on the warpath. His intention was to go. His intention was to kill. His intention was to take what he needed. Uh, and it, 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 he, he, David says about Nabal that he hath requited me evil for good. So in David's mind, I deserve for him to give to me. In David's mind, he is treating me evil by not helping me out in my time of need when I have treated him and his, 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 uh, his, his flocks and his servants, I've treated them so well. Now church family, stay with me. We're going to get to the thought tonight. 
So he's, he, he, again, jumps on the warpath basically uh, to go. And then the Bible says that one of the servants, one of the young men, verse 14, told Abigail, Nabal's wife, and these, again, this is one of Nabal's servants, he told Abigail, uh, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master. He railed on them. But the men were very good unto us. We were not hurt. Neither we missed we anything as long as we were conversant with them at when we were in the fields. And they were a wall unto us by night and day. And, and, all, the, uh, and the, all the while we were with them keeping the sheep. And the servant looks at Abigail, verse 17, says, Now therefore know and consider what thou wilt do. For evil is determined against our master and against all of his household. For he is such a man of Belial that a man cannot speak to him. So this servant comes, uh, no doubt, unbeknownst to Nabal, comes to Abigail and says, hey, we just had this meeting where David's servants came and they talked to Nabal. I just want to let you know what's going on. Nabal railed on them. He, he treated them horrible. And, and these guys were good to us. And, 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 the, and the servant looks at Abigail and says, know and consider what you're going to do because evil is determined against us. And I don't know how, if that servant just surmised that David was going to come back and annihilate all of them or what, but he knew in his mind, somebody better do something because David and his men, they're going to come back and take care of this problem. The church family follow along here. The Bible says in verse 18 that Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves and two bottles of wine and five sheep ready dressed and five measures of parched corn and 100 clusters of raisins and 200 cakes of figs and laid them on asses. And she said unto her servants, go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she told not her husband Nabal. So she sends all of this food on to David. And she says, hey, she didn't tell Nabal what's going on. She sends all this on. She said, look, I'm coming after you, but you go meet David with this, you might say, gift uh, or peace offering to start with, and then I want to talk to David. She, again, meets up with David. If we look down in verse number uh, 23, the Bible says, And when Abigail saw David, she hasted and lighted off the ass, and she fell before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground. Verse 24, And fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, Upon me let this iniquity be, and let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience and hear the words of thine handmaid. Well, church family, I want you to think about this. <laughs> Abigail is doing her husband a huge favor, and he doesn't even know it. She comes to David, and she says to David, hey, this iniquity that my husband Nabal has caused, let that iniquity be on me. Imagine, she's meeting David with men who are coming to kill. She says, let, let the iniquity be on me. But then she says, let me, I pray thee, speak in thine audience and hear the words of thine handmaid. She said, before, before you do anything, let the iniquity be on me. But before you do anything, let, let me just talk to you. Let me just explain before you go any further. Now, she goes on to explain several things. She says, uh, again, at verse 25, she says, regard, uh, I pray thee, let not my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of uh, Belial, even uh, Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Uh, Nabal um, is his name, and folly is with him. Uh, but I, thine handmaid, saw not the young men of my Lord when thou didst sin. So she says, hey, I wasn't there when they came. And you know Nabal, as his name is, Folly's with him. He's, he's not a good guy, David. You know that. I wasn't there. And she goes on and, and tells David several things. Now, the next several verses, she is going to give David some advice. 
If we jump down to the verse that we just read a little bit ago, uh, in, uh, to clear down in verse number 33, David, after all of the, she, she says all of that, he says, and blessed be thy advice. She's going to give David some advice. Now, how many of you would raise your hand and say, uh, there's been a time in life when somebody gave you advice that you did not ask for? All right, probably almost everybody. And uh, how, how does that usually go over? It normally doesn't. Uh, you want to look at them and say, that's none of your business. You should tend to your own things. Uh, that's normally our response. And you can imagine, especially when David's angry, especially when he feels like he's been wronged, especially when he is already en route to go and kill. And then Nabal's wife shows up, and obviously she sends the, the present of the food first. Then she shows up, and she says, hey, let the iniquity be on me but let me say something first. And she's about to give him some advice and she gives it to him in the form of a request. Now, church family, the advice that she gives to Nabal, I think is very, very relevant to our lives. I think you can take the advice that she gives to Nabal and you can apply it to your life. I can apply it to my life because it's still very relevant. I don't know how many of you have ever been in that situation where you feel like that someone has done you evil for the good that you've done to them. And how many times maybe you're not with your sword on a war path, but if you thought you could be, you would be. You, you, know, you, you get the drift. You, you, you've been in that place where David is, where you're like, I cannot believe that this happened to me. And of, of all people, this person was the one who did it. The person that I have showed good to or that I've done good to or that I've helped out in life or on and on and on and on. Now, here's her advice. There's several things she says, but I want you to look down. Here's number one. Look in verse number 28. She says this. She says, I pray thee, what's the word? Forgive. I pray thee, forgive. Here's Abigail's advice to David. She comes, and it's in the form of a request. She said, David, would you please give me audience? Would you please listen to what I'm about to say? David, would you please, I pray thee, forgive. Now, church family, it goes without saying that it's not only something that we ought to consider doing, but our Bible commands us to forgive. Uh, what's the Bible say? Be kind one to another. Tender-hearted, what? Forgiving one another, even as who? Christ. Now, it's really interesting to me. I love to look up the definitions of word because when you read words for face value, uh, sometimes we don't <clears throat> really understand the meaning of If you look up this word forgive, you're going to find a little word as a def first definition of it, and it, it, it's to lift. Now, church family, if I could illustrate this tonight, Abigail comes to David and she said, let this iniquity be on me. Now, if you can imagine or if you can in your mind parallel this backpack with the iniquity, she says, David, now who, who should have really been carrying the backpack? Nabal. He's the one that ought to have been coming to David saying, hey, I'm at wrong, I shouldn't have treated, no, but she comes and she says, hey, let this iniquity be on me. Then she says, would you forgive me? Would you lift the iniquity? 
Well, church family, that's what we're supposed to do. And you know how many times we look at people who have done us wrong and we say, nope, carry your own load. You deserve it. You said that about me. You did that to me. You caused that load when the Bible says that we're supposed to forgive. What did Christ do with our burden of sin when we were lost, burdened down? We had no one that could take this from us, but Christ did what? Well, he took it, didn't he? He took it on the cross. He bore our sin. He bore the punishment that we should have bore. Now, church family, I want you to keep going. There's, there's three things I see in this passage that she asked. So first of all, she asked, would you forgive? I want you to jump down another one and look down in verse number, um, I'm going to read verse 30 first. It's actually, I want to look at verse 31. But she says this, <clears throat> between verse 28 <clears throat> and verse uh, 31, she talks about how she knew that David was supposed to be king and that God was going to establish David to be king. Now again, David was supposed to be king, but at this point in time, Saul has got him on the run. So he's, he's not there yet, but Abigail knew that eventually God was going to have him to be king. Now she says this, she says in verse 28, would you forgive the trespass of thine handmaid? Then jump down to verse number 30. She says, and it shall come to pass when my Lord shall have done to my, uh, when the Lord, talking about God, shall have done to my Lord, talking about David, according to all the good that he hath spoken concerning thee and shall have appointed the ruler over Israel. So she says, when all of that takes place, whenever you're king, when you're ruler of Israel, look at verse 31, that this shall be no grief unto thee, nor offense of heart unto my Lord, either that thou hast shed blood causeless or that my Lord hath avenged himself. But when the Lord shall have dealt well with my Lord, then remember thine handmaid. She asked David, first of all, would you forgive me? And then she explains even further. She says, David, I, at some point in time, God's going to set you up as king. We know that's going to take place. And David, when you're king someday, you're going to remember back to the time when you were in the wilderness running from Saul. And you're going to remember the time when you sent your servants to go ask Nabal for some help. And you're going to remember the time when your servants came back and said, Nabal's not going to help us. And you're going to remember the day that you said, all right, guys, get your swords on. We're going after Nabal. And David, if you continue down this path and you go and you kill and you take someday as king, you're going to remember back. and It's going to be a grief to you that you shed blood causeless. It's going to be, she, she says, not only would it be a grief, it would be an offense of heart. Because why? Because you've avenged yourself. Church family, have you ever done that where you've avenged yourself and maybe it's just verbally and then afterwards didn't feel very good about it? Oh, you got the last word in. Oh, you got back at that person. But then after that, it was a grief to you. You know what Abigail's second advice to David was? Don't make any 
regrets. David, your, your heart's set on going and your heart's set on getting even. Your heart's set on getting back at Nabal. And boy, you've got this all planned out in your mind. You're going to get what you need from him. David, would you please forgive the trespass? David, would you think about the future when someday God does set you up as king and you have to think back on the day that you went and avenged yourself, that you went and you got evil or got, got, got even with an evil man, Nabal. Can I tell you what your second advice is? Don't make regrets. Now, church family, if I, if I went around the room, I guarantee you everybody teen, teen and up for sure, there's things in your life, and I don't, I don't mean for this to bring up things in your mind tonight, but there's things in your life that are regrets. I wish I hadn't have done this. I wish this decision hadn't been made. Boy, I wish I would have waited, or I wish I would have, I would have said this or not said this, or I wish I, I, wish I could, those are regrets, and you can't change that. But can I tell you, this day today, you can change for the future. You don't have to go through life and have regrets about today. You can't do anything about yesterday. You know what, you know what Abigail's saying? Hey, listen, David, please forgive. David, please, don't, make, don't do something that you're going to regret later. That it's interesting, that word grief, she says it would be a grief to him. That word grief means a stumbling block. How many times for Christians is the regrets of a past life a stumbling block? And boy, it just seems like you just, you want to go forward, but Satan tries to keep bringing that up and it's a stumbling block. And yes, we should put it behind us and yes, we, God forgives and yes, we should put it in the past, but sometimes it's hard to do. And it's a stumbling block. And it seems like, boy, you just, you want to go forward, but you don't feel like, for whatever reason, you can because of a regret. Abigail says to David, hey, David, better think about what you're doing because someday you're going to remember this day. And if you carry through, you're going to have some grief. You're going to have a stumbling block. You're going to have a regret. So advice number one is forgive. Advice number two, don't make regrets. Now, I want you to see the last thing, and, I, and we'll be finished here this evening. I want you to see, not only did she say don't make regrets, but I want you to see the last very simple line in verse number 31. I'm going to read the whole verse again. She says that this shall be no grief unto thee, nor offense of heart unto my Lord, either that thou hast shed blood causeless, or that my Lord hath avenged himself. And then she says this, but when the Lord shall have dealt well with my Lord, then... Remember thine handmaid. Now, you say, what's that have to do with her advice to David? If you look at the next verse, I want you, I want you to see this. Verse 32, and David, he begins to respond to her. And David said, said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me. Do you know what Abigail was for David? She was simply... God's messenger. You know what Abigail says to David? David, someday, when the Lord, when, 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 when the verse says, when the Lord hath done well with thee, has dealt well with my Lord, when, when the Lord hath dealt well with my Lord, David, someday when you're king, David, someday when you're not running from Saul, David, someday when this day is in the past, remember that God sent me to give you this message. 
Now, church family, I, I think every one of us could stop in our lives tonight and think about people who God has sent into our life that has kept us from heartache. Young people, have you thought about your parents? Hey, I, I imagine in this story, God up in heaven, looking down, seeing David. God knows David has needs. He sees what happens. He sees uh, David's servant go to Nabal. God knows what Nabal says. God sees that David's servants come back to him. God sees David's response. Guys, put your swords on. Let's go kill him. And God, in his mercy, looks at David. Doesn't want David to have the regret of shedding blood costless. And says, I'm going to send Abigail to go be a messenger to tell David, David, stop and think about what you're doing. David, forgive. David, don't do something that you're going to regret. And David was wise enough to say, blessed be the Lord that has sent thee to me. Abigail says, hey, David, someday when it's going well for you, remember your handmaid. Remember me. Church family, tonight, some of you can look at your life. Maybe some of you are in the position where David is. Boy, there's some people in your life. You need to stop right now. You need to say, Lord, help me to forgive them. And you need to, you need to forgive them. There's some of you in your, in your life right now, you're thinking, boy, I wish I could get even with that person. Boy, I wish I could just, oh, if the door ever opens for me to, to, to get back at them. We don't say those things outwardly, but we think those things in our mind. We, we could, hey, maybe Brother Smith's the only one that thinks like that, okay? But we're humans. We think like that. Boy, if I had the chance, I would. Hey, Abigail's advice to you tonight is don't do something that you're going to regret. And by the way, church family, when we avenge ourselves, we usually regret it. And then Abigail's third, third advice was, hey, someday when this is all over, remember thine handmaid. Church family, tonight, the word remember means to mark, uh, the, the, the definition is to mark um, so as to be recognized. You stop and think about the people that God sent into your life. Some of you tonight, God has used a pastor, for some of you, Pastor Hanks, to be the messenger that God spoke through to keep you from going down a road of destruction in life. For young people, it's all, uh, uh, most, most commonly you think of, first off, it's, it's their parents. Who tells a young person, no, don't do that, that's wrong. Uh, yes, do that. Or, 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 or who gives them their, it's a parent. Maybe it's a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it's somebody else in your life. Maybe it could be even another brother, sister in Christ. Or it, it could be someone else that God used to be his messenger to say, hey, Better stop and think about where you're going. Better stop and think about what you're trying to do in life. Better stop and think about the regrets that you're going to have if you continue down that road. Church family, it'd be good for us just to stop and think about some of the people that God's put in our life and to remember them. Amen. To mark them, to recognize them.
that person help. It'd be good for some of you to stop, write a little note, send a little text message to somebody that helped you out. David, I can't, I don't, I don't know everything that's going through his mind, but he's, he, he said, blessed be the Lord that sent you to me. I, in, in my mind, I see him all of a sudden understanding, I can't believe that I'm doing this. I can't believe that I was about to go kill people, shed blood causeless, to try to get even with a wicked man, Nabal. Church family, her advice to David was not in the form of, David, you need to forgive. David, you need to remember me later. David, you don't want to have regrets. That wasn't the way it was. Abigail comes to David. She says, hey, upon me, David, let, let me carry Nabal's iniquity for you. David, I'm going to ask you, would you please forgive the iniquity? David, would you think about what you're about to do? Because you, you don't want to have these regrets someday. And David, someday, when, when this is all over, when you're king, when everything's going well for you, remember that God sent me. Church family, I think it's very interesting to me. I want to show you one more thing before we close tonight. If you'll look in verse number, verse number 35, <clears throat> the Bible says this, so David received of her hand that which she had brought him and said unto her, go up in peace to thine house. Look what he says. See, I have hearkened to thy voice and I have accepted thy person. Now, church family, I think it, obviously every word of God is put in there just special Amen. for us. But that word accepted for the, for the, for the Hebrew word, is the same word as forgive. It means to lift. You know what David said? I've accepted your person. I've forgiven you. Now, you want to see something else that to me is it's no, obviously no coincidence in Scripture, but you look at the very next verse, verse number 36 through verse number 38, and Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he held a feast in his house like the feast of a king, and Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunken, wherefore she told him nothing less or more until the morning light, but it came to pass in the morning when the wine was gone out of Nabal, and when his wife had told him these things, that his heart died within him. And he became as a stone. And it came to pass about 10 days after that the Lord smote Nabal and he died. You know, if you and I would forgive instead of trying to avenge ourselves, God can take care of it for us. It's interesting that that did not happen until David said, Abigail, I've accepted your person. I forgive you. Hey, Abigail's advice, it is a lot easier to preach this than it is to live this. It's a lot easier to read this in the pages of scripture than it is to live forgiving somebody. That's against our human nature. Can I ask you tonight, just simple thought, is there somebody tonight that you need to forgive? Can I ask you tonight, is there some things that you're doing in life right now that are going to cause you regret in the future that you need to stop? And can I ask you tonight, are there some people 
that you need to stop and remember that God's put in your life that have helped you. Hey, church family, it's a really, really simple story, but this will help you. Learn to forgive. Learn to live your life thinking about your future. Don't, don't, don't do things that, are, that you're going to cost, that you're going to regret. And learn to live your life remembering the people that God sends into your life as a messenger. Let's pray.